Canada has promised to reach net zero for greenhouse gas emissions by the year 2050, and this country has increased its targeted reduction of emissions by 40 to 45 percent from current levels by 2030. Now, give you an idea of what that would require. The new goal would mean that Canada needs to be somewhere between 444 million tons and 480 million tons of emissions in 2030. And the most recent numbers we have for Canada is 2019, when we were at 729 million tons. Gives you a sense of the road that has to be traveled. But before we can cut emissions, we're going to need a plan. And the federal liberals have pushed back the release of that plan, the government giving itself an extra three months to release the plan by the end of March 2022. And right now, Canada's Environment Minister is meeting with stakeholders across the country, including Alberta last week and Ontario officials this week. And I'm pleased to welcome to the program the Minister of Environment and Climate Change, Stephen Gilbo. Welcome, Minister. Thank you very much. Why did the government need an extension to release the plan? Well, first, it was it was one of the provision in in the bill that that allows me to to take a bit more time before tabling the plan in the House of Commons. And the reason to do that is for for exactly what you said, so that we have an opportunity to consult with provinces, territories, and stakeholders on new measures that we want to introduce into this plan, which come from the last election campaign. So we've committed during the last elections uh, to to introduce a series of new measures, including to put a cap on, on the emission of the oil and gas sector, uh, to, to accelerate the phasing out of fossil fuel subsidies faster than our, than our G20 partners, to ensure that by 2035, all new vehicles that are sold in Canada are vehicles that, are, that, are, that, that, that do not emit greenhouse gas. So zero emission vehicles, they could be hydrogen, could be electricity. So these are all new measures that weren't there before the election was called. And we feel it's important to hear provinces, territory, industries, indigenous leadership, environmental organizations on, uh, on the implementation of these new measures. I'm certainly certain this is something that came up when you were speaking with energy producers in Alberta. Is it possible? to actually increase production in Canadian energy and still reduce emissions? Are, are those two compatible in any way? Well, the fascinating thing about the, those meetings that I had in, in Alberta, especially with oil executive, is that no one pushed back. No one said, we don't want to do this. No one said, we don't want uh, this, this cap on oil and gas emissions. No one said, we, we, we also want to accelerate the reduction of a powerful greenhouse gas called methane. Um, uh, and, and really, people wanted to talk about how do we do it? And, and, and in terms of the, the, the Canadian energy sector, I mean, it is going, and I could talk about the Canadian energy sector, but we could talk about the international energy sector. It is going through some profound transformations right now. Um, it, when we look on an annual basis, there's more money being invested now in clean technologies, in renewable energies, than they are in fossil fuels. And that's a relatively new thing in our, in our history. It's only been a few years since we've seen investment in, in renewables surpassing investment in, in, in fossil fuels. And clearly, as we, as we accelerate the transformation of our society, when I was talking about you know, having more electric vehicles uh, on, on our road, at least 50% uh, non-emitting vehicles by, 20, by 2030 and 100% by 2035, or having electrical grid that's that's uh, fossil that's net zero. So there might be some fossil fuel left, but very little by 2035. 
clearly all of these measures which are happening in Canada, but are happening in Europe, in the US, in, in Scandinavian countries, in Japan, in China, um, will have uh, an impact on, on the demand for fossil fuel products. So there, there's clearly, we will continue to, to need energy going forward. And in fact, our energy needs are anticipated to increase, but that, that energy mix uh, will certainly change in the coming years. But to come back to that question, can, can we have lowered emissions and increased productivity or production or to those two things not equate at all? Well, theoretically, that's possible. I mean, we know that there are technologies that would, that existing technologies that would help companies reduce substantially their their emissions. Um, and, 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 and then there are technologies that are on the cusp of being commercial that, that could help them even, even, even go further. But I think the question will be for many of these companies, are we going to be able to continue selling fossil fuels at the same rate as we, we, we used to when we take into account the fact that the demand for, for energy is there, but, but, but the type of energy that will, be, that, that, that will be used into the future will probably be different than, than what we've seen in the past. You, you mentioned a cap on emissions. We, you've, we've seen in the past that provincial governments, namely Ontario and Alberta, have uh, gone to court to fight mm -hmm. uh, the federal government. Uh, is, is it your prediction, considering the uh, split up of powers between federal and provincial responsibilities, that you're going to end up in court over a cap? Um, that, that's a very good question, and you're right. A number of provinces, including Alberta, Ontario, Saskatchewan, and Quebec, um, uh, took us to court on uh, on the, the the fact that Ottawa wanted to put a price on on, on pollution. But the Supreme Court was very clear on that. Uh, the federal government has authority when it comes to dealing with pollution, which is not which is why we're not putting forward a cap on production. Of, of, of oil and gas. We're putting a cap on the emissions, on the pollution of, of the sector. And I think the Supreme Court was very clear that we have the authority to do that. It's not an all-powerful blanket authority. We have to, we have to be careful in, in, in the way we use this authority, but I think we, we are doing that and we are making sure that there's a proper process that's put in place when we're implement, implementing new measures. So if your question is, will we be taken to court? I guess the answer is possibly. Would, would, would the provinces that would want to do that be successful? Well, in light of what, what just happened on, on pricing, I think the Supreme Court was very clear. So those, those procedures would likely be uh, unsuccessful for provinces. I'm speaking with Canada's Minister of the Environment, uh, Stephen Guilbeault, and you, you mentioned uh, vehicles uh, and zero emission vehicles. I'm wondering what your advice would be for the government of Ontario. We've seen other jurisdictions put in rebates for consumers. We have the uh, uh, opposition parties in this province promising more rebates if they're elected in Ontario's next election in, next June. This government says it doesn't believe in them. Where do you stand? Um, well, first, when you look at provinces where we see the highest adoption of, of electric vehicles, namely Quebec and BC, um, those two provinces have had in place incentives for many years, but it's not the only reason why, why we see a higher adoption of EV in these provinces. They're also the two provinces in Canada that have forced car companies to provide more electric vehicles, zero emission vehicles in, in their provinces. So 
customers in, in those two provinces have more choices than they do in Ontario or in other parts of, of Canada. Now, we want to do this at the federal level, so it's going to be less of an issue going forward in terms of forcing car companies to provide more, more electric vehicles or non-emitting vehicles. But I find, I find the, the Ontario government's rationale on this uh, a bit dubious because they say they don't believe in incentives for people to go for less polluting and, and, and vehicles that are far cheaper to operate than internal combustion engine. Yet they say they're willing to lower the tax, the gas tax, uh, which is in and of itself a fossil fuel subsidy. Um, so they're willing to help on one on, on the one hand, but not on the other hand, and willing to help where it's more polluting, and and over time will become more and more less and less affordable for 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 Ontarians uh, because we the price of oil is going up uh, and will continue to go up, um, whereas the price of of electricity is regulated and and it goes up, uh, but but nowhere near at the same rate that uh, that the price of of gasoline or oil goes up every year. Minister, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. Have a good day.